me a favor of welcoming all our first-time guests today? We just want to highlight them as well. We do welcome you. Um, we, we want to let you know you have found yourself in the middle of a Christmas at the movie series. And um, I hope that's okay for you. But it is my challenge, not yours, it is my challenge to um, prepare a message with the movie in mind. And last week, we had a good time. Hopefully, you are as well today. But my prayer is that uh, you'd be encouraged and you'd be equipped in your faith and if, in your journey with God. And um, I, I'm sure you're familiar with the story of the Grinch. It's written by uh, the author famously known as Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss, and he was known not only for the Grinch, but many, many bestsellers, usually in the form of a children's book. But he had an uncanny genius to the way he wrote that if he's anything like me, many a parent reading a Dr. Seuss book, you would say, there's a little bit more to the rhyming and the strange looking fish on the cover of these books. But uh, the reality is he had an uncanny way of just... Um, sharing, I think, some, some themes that are common to all of us as humans. Now, uh, Dr. Seuss didn't write in a Christian way. His, uh, his role wasn't to uh, reveal the good news of Jesus or the hope of the gospel, but I have nonetheless found some diamonds in the rough, so to speak, from the Grinch, and I want to share them with you today. So I want to take a moment. I want to invite you to use your Christian imagination your Christian imagination, and now, now not pretend I'm the Grinch, but pretend with me that the Grinch found Jesus. And pretend with me that he wants to testify from his story. He wants to share and be a witness of things that happened to him. Some things that we watched in the clips from the Grinch. I think uh, I, I, I kind of boiled them down, not to 10, but to three things that I think he would testify, and I pray that they resonate with you today. Um, in them, you'll see the hope that we have as Christ followers. So the first is this. The good news for the Grinch is that hearts can change. Hearts can change. I mean, to be Captain Obvious for a minute, the beginning of the Grinch is different than the end of the Grinch. He's transformed. He's gone from having his latte with a frowny face to his morning latte with a smiley face. He's gone from being in isolation to moving towards community. He's gone from a small heart to an enlarged heart. Now, there is some gospel thread in there. To be touched and changed and believe in the gospel is to be somebody that is being transformed. Like, here's the deal. If you've been following Jesus for a while you should look different than when you weren't following Jesus. It's this reality that hearts can change. Now, I can't propose to you Dr. Seuss was gleaning from the book of Ezekiel, but let's pretend he was for a moment. And he would look at Ezekiel 36, verse 26, which says this, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Now, this is written to Ezekiel. He's known as one of the major prophets in the First Testament. And he's writing to a people that have now 
held within them a cold heart towards God, the things of God, that they're no longer worshiping God. They began to worship um, some of the false idols of the world. And it reached such a place that God gave them over to their decisions. You want false idols? You want to live for the things of this earth? Well, listen, don't let me hold you back. And he gave his people over to their sins and the destruction that came with that. They were shipped off. They were removed from a place called the promised land into exile. And so Ezekiel's writing the heart of God towards his people in exile, distant, far away. He says, listen, I'm going to take your heart that was once a heart of stone and I'm going to supernaturally shift it, transform it to a heart of flesh. And for those of us following Jesus, we're like, yeah, our lives look a little bit like that. That we, that we were once maybe cold to the things of God. Maybe at one time we had what is known as an anger problem. Had maybe several issues going on, but by golly, we're getting better. Now we have less, several issues going on. You know, like we're being transformed. It doesn't happen overnight. It's a work that God does in our lives. But again, using our Christian imagination, if the Grinch was mic'd up, suited up to preach, maybe he would say this, that the good news at its bottom line is that hearts can change, that lives can change. Let me just say this to any of you spiritually stuck, that you may think it's your lot in life to be distant from God. Let me say this loud and clear. That's not the gospel. The gospel is good news that God came to earth, that God came to earth for you. And you're like, listen, I've got the gift of stubbornness. God is fully aware. I'm heavily opinionated. I'm always right. Yes, God knows, and now we know too. But nonetheless, God, God is convinced hearts can change. The very name, one of the very names given to Jesus at his birth, this time we celebrate in, Chris, in Christmas season, Matthew 1, 21, it says this, she will give birth to a son, speaking of Mary, and you are to give him the name Jesus. God comes to Joseph in a dream. In that day and age, culturally, usually the men had naming rights. Not the case anymore, but in that culture, in that time, and let me say this, thank God, right? His name should be Junior. Junior? No, okay, no, I digress. Okay, listen. She will give birth to a son. You're to give him the name Jesus. In the name Jesus, which is also in the original language, the name of Joshua, or you perhaps have heard this term, Yeshua. Here's what it means. Because he will save his people from their sins. No longer bound. No longer needlessly living in a cycle of sin and distance and fear and space. But now God has reconciled hearts to him through the gift of his son. It's in the very name. It's the next verse where it said he will also be known as Emmanuel, God with us. We looked at that last week. But today, in today's name, Jesus, the very name, to utter the very name Jesus is to declare your sins are forgiven. And in the life of a believer, in the life of those who call ourselves Christians and are following the way of Jesus, we never lose sight of that. Because to utter his very name means we are a new creation 
in Christ Jesus. We are new. We're not the old man, the old way. We're walking in a new way. And I think Grinchy would say the same, that hearts can change, that our lives can be changed. I was thinking about something that happened uh, for a couple of our members just um, this, well, last month's November, the month before November, October. The RTC jail ministry, I was texting with one of our uh, members earlier this morning, uh, James, and James went into the Crawford County Jail along with a team of brothers in the faith to go into those that are currently incarcerated. And if you want to see the epitome of hopelessness, it's to have all your rights stripped from you. It's to be given a schedule. It's to be given walls that imprison you. And almost all of them would say, justifiably so. We were a danger to our culture. We were a danger to our environment. We, we are deservedly here. And these ministers of the gospel went in and shared that you may be imprisoned, but there is one who can set you free. That you may feel hopeless, but there is one who carries an eternal hope that's not bound by your circumstances. They're not bound by your worst day. Like you can enter into relationship with Christ in the here and now. One Sunday afternoon, just a few short hours before our Sunday evening small group, Kelly and I hosted a, uh, a Sunday evening small group. James let us know, I can't come. And he said, here's the reason why. This evening, we're baptizing 17 people who committed their life to Christ. Changed, transformed, delivered. Hearts can change in an environment in an environment that, that is isolated, that is broken, that is fearful. And you want to talk about stripping people of their dreams. I mean, they're, they're, they're in the very reality of their brokenness. Like some of us, we get to carry our brokenness, but the consequences aren't before us every day of our life. For them, it's a different story. But it's amazing because the Psalm 139 says that the Spirit of God, the God who breathed life into us, David would write, inspired by that very spirit, and say, there is no place, there is no wall, there is no region of creation where God will not enter in. No matter how dark the situation, no matter how difficult the situation, the light of Christ can come in and come into the midst. And, 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 and I think that's one, that's probably like me, one of the points he would camp out with the longest is that the, the Grinch who started the movie is not the Grinch who ended the movie. He's not stingy, broken. He's now being made whole, being free, no longer bound by his bitterness and isolation. So that's, that, that's the thought. The good news is that hearts can change. We sung it this morning in the first song. If you were here for the first song, the, 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 the kind of contemporary Hark the Herald Angels Sing. There's an incredible line in this Christmas hymn. It says this, that mild he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. Hark, the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. It's a beautiful picture. It's a beautiful picture. And let me, let me say this, lest you think God only works with grinch size problems. All of us have different messes we brought to the cross. All of us. For some of us, 
our sins were a little more whitewashed. They were kind of neat and tidy sins, so to speak. For others of us, it was like our sin took a flamethrower and blew the house and neighborhood and region down. <laughs> like everybody knows about it. Everybody can see it. Everybody knows I don't stand a chance. Like you got a big old mess. You're supersized. But can I tell you, Scripture is a level playing field. Not Scripture. The soil of our soul is a level playing field. Because Paul, who was on his way to murder Christians, encountered the living Christ. And Paul says, all have fallen short of the glory of God. All are in need of a Savior who can change hearts. Don't let the mind games keep you from stepping into a relationship with God. Don't let the mind games of your shame, of your sin, of your brokenness, don't magnify that. Magnify the glory of God. And in Christ, God came to save you, to love you, to reach you. I think a, I think a second area that the Grinch may share is a, another area of good news. Listen, I'm just going to be up front. All you in, in, introverts, you're going to struggle with this one. You're going to think it's unbiblical. You're going to call it, that you can say that pastor is a heretic. But here's the deal, the good news. Community isn't a curse, but a blessing. Like it's a blessing. Community is a blessing. Mount Crumpet is where the Grinch made his life. Mount Crumpet, on the other side of town, up in an isolated cave with his dog, Max. They lived happily ever after. Uh, no, they lived in isolation. They lived by themselves. And Mount Crumpet, if you will, is a vision of isolation. This is where a root of bitterness, distancing from others, living with the fences and isolation leads. Mount Crumpet. Whoville was a vision of community and the blessing that comes with it. Proverbs 18, 24, it says, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but it hints at, for me, it hints at the power of a life-giving local church. It hints at the power of community. It hints at moments like these where you see you didn't come in, but you're encouraged. You didn't come in thinking you needed encouragement, but you're encouraged to see other people journeying through life. It says, unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Meaning Jesus, but at the same time, meaning the life-giving friendships that can be formed in community. I think community does three things. Testify and remind you of the goodness of God. I do believe that. Now, you're not going to get that reading Dr. Seuss's The Grinch, necessarily. You've got to... You gotta, Use your Christian imagination with me here a little bit, okay? But testify, remind you of the goodness of God. Encourage and challenge your faith. That's what good, godly, healthy community can do. Carry you through difficult seasons. Come on, just a quick show of hands. You ever been carried through difficult seasons by people in your life? That you may not have known you needed, but when the going got tough, they were there to encourage you, to text you to show up with groceries at your front door, to help pay a bill, to help make Christmas happen for you when you didn't think you stood a chance. I don't know what it might be, but they were God with skin on. That's, that's community. That's the healthy, life-giving, local community.
community. I, I, I am super biased. I think Hillside is for everyone, but there's a chance it might not be. But I will say one of the things that our heartbeat as a church is that these three things will take place as a church. A part of our vision isn't just, hey, let, let's just have a great time on Sunday and go our separate ways and just do whatever we can. But through the power of our small groups, through the power of conversation over coffee before or after service, or shoot, going to lunch with somebody during the week, through that connectedness, relationships are formed, and those relationships eventually begin to transpire into a sense of life-giving peace, of hope, of strength. Man, sometimes just to receive a text, I'm praying for you. Uh, Brian, who helps uh, lead our safety team, um, he's like, how's your week going? I said, it's going great. I was running like I shouldn't have been, and I hurt my toe. Would you pray for me? Yeah, real deep, you know, I know. I said, hey, just pray for my foot, you know, nothing. Like, how can I pray for you? Pray for my foot. I kid you not, I got a paragraph. That guy called heaven down to earth. He called the power of the Holy Ghost into the text message, into my foot. He pled the blood of Jesus. I'm like, I just got my prayer partner, man. It's like, hey, I'm going to be knocking on your door Monday, man. Yeah, would you pray? Somebody else's foot's hurt. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But, but, but can I tell you that's the blessing? That's the blessing. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Now, I'm gonna, now if you're newer to Hillside, I'm going to tell you. You got to engage. You got to engage. Like, we're going to swing wide the doors. We're going to swing wide the pathways. Just a few short weeks till our newcomer's lunch. We'll hook you up with free lunch. But who knows what God can do in your life as you get connected to a local, local life-giving church? Who knows what a year from now, your family, your life, your marriage, your singleness, who knows what it could look like because of community, because of community. Here's the one-liner, the voices in your life, the voices you let in your life, they determine whether you want it or not. They determine the vision for your life. You get around Grinches, don't be surprised if you got a Grinchy vision. You get around some Cindy Luhus, they might drive you a little crazy because they're always smiling and positive. We get it. But rather that then Grinches, can I tell you what happens? You start dreaming. You start believing. You start seeing. You come in bitter and you realize, I'm not the only person who's been bitter. And they share how they got free and you get free. Can I tell you? It's the power. It's the power. They're like, man, I think you went a little deep for the Grinch. I think you're right. <laughs> so we're going to end on this third point. All right. Live generously. The good news, the good news is a generous gospel. The good news is a generous gospel. God calls for us to live generously. Now, I'm not just talking here about your money, your finances. It, it influences that, but that's not the only area I'm talking about. I'm talking about a spirit of generosity, a, a heart transplant. That the goodness of God, you know it's not just for you, but it's for others. Can I tell you what's so powerful about Becky Murray in her, what I would call her Queen's English. Wasn't that nice? It's fancy talk. I was about to do it, but I'm not. Okay, so the Queen's English. That's, you're like, he just slowed down for a second. Anytime I slow down like that, there's six rabbit trails over here, and I'm not taking the bait. Here's the deal. I think about that. I think about that. Like, how many of you know, like, missionaries, they're crazy. Like they realize, she is right now, she flew to Kenya. I'm like, girl, what'd you fly to Kenya for? 
Like, that's crazy talk. Like, Christmas in England. Like, could there be anything more magical? Why are you going for Christmas in Kenya? Like, what? And she would say, the love of Christ compels me. It's, it's, it's not my story that's being written. It's God's story, and I want in on it. And so it requires some generosity. It requires some sacrifice of her time, of her talent, of her treasure. It requires effort and energy. And I'm just astounded. I'm so excited to continue as a church to help fuel and fund their uh, ministry and to think now they're getting into some good old-fashioned litigation on behalf of victims of sex trafficking. So not only pulling them out, but by golly, we're coming after with the justice system to get what you tried to steal and to hold you accountable with a smile on our face and the grace of God, but we're going to backhand you with some truth, somebody. That's what they're going to do. And I think, I think, man, what an incredible opportunity to live generously. I was so moved. Last, last um, Saturday, my youngest daughter and I went to pop in with our outreach team that serves the first Saturday of every month with Love Unlimited. And it was just so incredible to feed over 60 people. They did one of my favorites, breakfast for lunch, baby. Come on. And they hooked them up. And, and what are they doing? What, what is that? That is, that is living generously. Living generously, like what is in our hearts comes out. And so if you follow that thread, man, my heart is changed by the gospel. Now I'm in community that I'm being reminded and it's resonating. I'm being held accountable and encouraged that the gospel still applies for me. And then it overflows into a lifestyle of generosity, of helping, of caring, of using my gifts to advance the kingdom using how God wired me to make a difference, also included in our growth track, which starts in a few weeks in January. But living generously, Proverbs eleven twenty four 24, says the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Why do we do angel tree? Why do we do Thanksgiving baskets? We keep exercising the generosity muscles that God has given us, Amen. I was, I was so encouraged by um, our oldest daughter a few weeks ago went and grabbed an angel tree. I was like, looks like we're committed. Okay. And uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Too transparent? Sorry. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And, um, and she did it. It's hers. She's, own, she's owning it. And so yesterday, I was subjected to shopping for a 12-year-old girl. So I'm all up and down the makeup aisle. I had such a great time connecting over uh, eyeliner color with my daughter. I didn't know that was possible. And uh, I said, well, I wouldn't wear it, but I think it looks good. <laughs> Little participation, but what, what am I I'm saying? That's coming out of the overflow. You've experienced it. You've experienced your children. They say and they do things that challenge you. Your friends, they say and do things that they challenge you. Can I tell you, that is, when people talk about this, this kind of airy-fairy spirit of Christmas, don't push back against it, embrace it, and realize, man, that is possible because of Jesus Christ. You may culturally, let's make it romantic and magical, and how about we start a Hallmark channel and do nothing but make movies of Christmas for six whole months and subject everybody that wants to watch them can watch them. And anyhow, so... <laughs> The spirit of Christmas, can I tell you, the spirit of Christmas is the Holy Spirit. He's the one that has brought us in. 
changed our hearts and now calls us to go forth this week, to go forth as his witnesses, as his messengers. And so that's it. I want to encourage our hearts. Yes, this week we had the Grinch. Next week we'll have a surprise, a different movie. But these are some of the eternal truths. And they, and they come up. They come up in the Grinch. But I want to encourage you. Don't lose sight of the gospel. And can I just, for those that are already centered around the gospel, for those of you alive to the good news of the gospel, can I tell you, this is a season, for whatever reason, that people are more open to hearing the message of hope, to hearing the message of forgiveness. And there may be a line from this message, or it might be the last thing you should ever do is bring up the Grinch in evangelizing to one of your friends. But, you know, you remind me of the Grinch before he got saved. He got saved? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My pastor said he got saved. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't, don't. Yeah. If you do, remember, First Baptist, that's where, that's where you were. I was. <laughs> I'm just... I'm just sort of kidding. Okay. <laughs> I do, I do believe in this heart change. And I'll just be honest, can I tell you? He did it for me. And he can do it for you. That's the only line you need when talking to your friends. It's not on you for the results. Not on you for the results. Hear that loud and clear. The enemy, he wants to convince you it's on you for the results. It's a lie from the pit of hell. It's not on you for the results. What's on you is to have a word in due season. Is to begin practicing. Begin practicing sharing the hope you found. Like, man, I was, I was bitter. I was broken. I was frustrated. I was angry. I was isolated. But God changed my heart, changed my life. Something like that. In that vein, can I tell you? It can transform somebody's life for eternity. Not an eternity in hell, distant, separate from God, but an eternity with God. We're his messengers, amen? Let's be alert to that in this season. Let's close in prayer. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for this time. <laughs> thank you, Holy Spirit, for making sense of the words in this message. I thank you, Lord, that may we never lose sight. Hearts can change. Jesus, I love the phrase, Jesus changes everything. And God, for some of us, we know people in our lives, we need their hearts to change, their hearts to be transformed, be saved, be set free. Lord, to begin a journey in relationship with you. And we pray for them, even right now. Why not? Why not right now? Just pray for them where you are. You don't have to say anything out loud, but Lord, we just lift up. And you put their name in the blank. Lord, we lift them up. We pray that they would encounter your love, encounter your freedom, encounter your peace in Jesus' name. Then for those in this room, maybe you're here in this room and God's calling you to commit to him. God's calling you to step into relationship with him. Listen, it just happened to be Hillside this morning, but we're not going to ask you to become a member. We're not going to ask you to start serving. We're not asking you to sign your life away. We just want to be door holders for encountering the love of God and the hope of Jesus. And so if you've felt like this week and this season, the last several weeks, and you finally made it on a Sunday, that God's been knocking on the door of your heart to walk in relationship with Him, I want to invite you to say this simple 
pray with me to call on the name of the Lord and be saved. Would you say this with me? God, I need you. God, I need your grace. I know what I've done. I know who I am. But you said you can change hearts. You said that you can save me. And I call on you now, God, to do that. Save me in the name of Jesus. Forgive me for all of my sin. Forgive my past. Lord, the wrongs I've done, the people I've mistreated, misspoken, the things I own, God, I ask now for your forgiveness and that you would cover them in the blood of Jesus and make me white as snow, as the scripture says. I trust you with my present and I trust you with my future. I call you Lord and Savior. Jesus, come into my heart. It's in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen.